Excellent. I'm now going to get uh, Pastor Steve to introduce me wherever I go on the planet. The commission will come later. Um, Thank you so much for that warm welcome. And it's uh, already, we've had an amazing morning already this morning, Friday night, uh, just celebrating and hanging out with all the young people. We saw lots of young people make decisions for Christ. And uh, that's a good thing. And, um, And they were jumping up and down, going crazy up the front here. And I'm like, well, they'll either do it here or they'll do it somewhere else where you don't want them to do it. Let's get them into the house of God. And I love that this church is a church for the generations. It's not just for one particular demographic, but it's for everyone, every creed, every culture, every race, every generation. Your reputation precedes you and uh, in all the positive ways uh, that I've heard about what God has done here and um, it's been confirmed just seeing uh, what, what, what is happening here is, is an amazing miracle. So um, for me, uh, prophecy is um, defined ultimately by encouragement. For me, prophecy is encouragement on steroids. And uh, prophecy is when God reveals his thought, his intention in his heart to us. And um, already this morning, just uh, prayed over Adam and Darcy as they launch out. But just really briefly, before we get into the Word, just felt uh, over a, a couple of people, just uh, sir in the blue jacket, um, just want to encourage you. Um, are you married? Yeah, awesome. That's always good. Good start. Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Um, do you have kids? Yeah. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay. Um, just want to encourage you, the Lord spoke to me and said, there's favour upon your lives for business. Favour upon your lives in the arena of your work. You're coming into a season of um, greater influence with your work. I saw promotion coming to you. I saw opportunities uh, opening to you where you were going to, God was going to connect you relationally, um, people of influence in the community, um, in the uh, business or, or, or corporate work environments, and God was going to um, uh, bring uh, new income streams into your life and really bring you into a place where the kingdom culture that's inside of you is going to influence people who are outside of the kingdom. And I see that there is, uh, you have the ability to connect with people really well. Uh, there's um, wisdom and warmth of relationship. How you connect with people, you just, you win people's hearts. And there's a sharpness of heart and spirit that people just are like, uh, they're drawn to you. And, and also I see an insight uh, within you of, of, of an ability to discern and read some of the issues and challenges that are in people's hearts and lives and begin to call that out and bring wisdom and guidance for their next step. And I want to encourage you, God is uh, at work in your lives. It's time. Uh, this man here just with the shirt, just want to encourage you, bro, you're going to be an incredible mentor of young men. Um, I, I think you're already doing it, and I think young men look to you, but I see that you're coming into a, an advancement or an increase of that in your life where you're gonna put strength into the spiritual backbone of young men, and they're gonna look at you as a family and say, I wanna be like you. And that, that some of them are gonna be unbelievers. Some of them are gonna be people that don't know Christ, but they're gonna see something in you they wanna follow. And, and, and not only that, but you're gonna teach them practically how to live uh, the sort of life that makes a difference practically. 
And so, Father, we just thank you today. The juice is starting to flow. We just thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace. Father, for uh, what you're stirring, what you're speaking. I thank you for Elam Church. I thank you, Lord, for uh, Stephen Beck and the team here. I thank you, God, for the family that you're building in this church. And I just pray, Lord, in these next few moments as we come around your word corporately, let it add value to this house. Let it propel our lives forward. Let there be a grace that rests upon this word that activates our lives where you want us to go. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 1 to 16. Jesus is speaking to the disciples and really he's speaking to us uh, and he's giving us an invitation to fruitfulness, how we can live a fruitful life. And he says uh, this, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide or remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, says the Lord, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain or abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I wanna speak to you this morning on the subject being position for productivity. What does it mean to live a productive life? How do we position ourselves for that? We live in a culture that's constantly seeking the advantage, the secret. How do we move forward? How do we move ahead? It could be in career, in job, it could be in education, could be in our health. We're given lots of different messages all the time and yet often we're striving and struggling in our own flesh and energy, but not necessarily seeing the results that we expect to see or that we wish to see. One, because we've got to understand that when you belong to the kingdom of God, when you're a son or daughter of God and you're in the kingdom of God, kingdom culture, kingdom fruitfulness operates very differently to the way that the world operates. 
I received a word um, from a man of God back in 2005 about three different seasons of my life. And it was a, a very timely word when I needed clarity because I was experiencing some contradictions and paradoxes. And often when the prophetic or a key word in season comes into your life, it's, it's, it's in a transition point, a transition season of your life where you're moving from one season to the next or it's in a season where you lack clarity and uncertainty and God is actually wanting to, to illuminate your heart to what He is actually wanting to do in your life. No matter what season you're in, be it contradiction or be it blessing, you need to know that God has appointed you and wants to bring fruitfulness into your life. Don't draw conclusions about God and your life and your future based upon the paradoxes and contradictions. Stay true to what God's revealed to you, to what God's spoken over your life because He's not a man or a woman that He should lie He's God. All of His promises are yes and amen. There are 5,476 promises in the Bible. Which one are you coming into agreement with? Because whatever promise you come into agreement with, that's the promise that will produce fruit in your life. And so this word came and the word was, in your life there's gonna be three seasons. Seasons of pruning, preparation and productivity. And just when you think that you can't be pruned and prepared enough and you've had enough and you're waiting, the Lord is gonna move you into a season of harvest and productivity, but that's not where you're just going to live. There's gonna be another season of pruning and cutting in your life. And I've discovered that isn't just true for me, it's true for every single one of us in Christ Jesus. All of us will go through seasons of pruning and preparation into seasons of harvest and productivity. Our idea of fruitfulness is never-ending summer, never-ending harvest. And we're just like, let's just leave the bank account full and never get sick and always have amazing relationships and always with a smile on your dial and it's all good. That's where we wanna live. But what you've gotta understand is that God takes us through the seasons of life. There are things that you can only learn in the different seasons of life you'll never learn if you just have perpetual summer and perpetual harvest in your life. You talk to a farmer, a farmer will tell you that every season is needed for harvest. You can't just expect to live in perpetual harvest. There's gonna be seasons of sowing and seasons of reaping. As in the natural, so in the supernatural. Don't be disillusioned right now if you're in a valley season, a pruning season. Don't worry, there's something on the other side of the pruning. There's something on the other side that God has for you. God has a purpose for every season of your life. Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time and a season for every matter under heaven. And that's why you gotta identify the season you're in. Because ignorance of your season will produce disillusionment. It'll produce discouragement. You could be in a season of pruning, a valley season expecting harvest and you're not seeing the fruit you want and, and, and you're expecting something that's not happening and God's saying it's good to expect at some point but that's not the season for that right now. 
I want you to bring the right expectation to the right, with the right action to the right season, thereby maximizing the season you're in so that God can show you, do in you, teach you what you need to know. You can take courage and confidence that the same God who started His work in you will be the same God who completes and finishes His work in you. He stays the same yesterday, today and forever, no matter what the season looks like right now. No matter what the season feels like. His his ways and His methodology in your life may change, but His character, His consistency, His nature is always exceedingly good. He's always loving, His loving kindness will always lead you to a place of repentance. His generosity of spirit and of heart, His patience, His grace, His mercy will always stay consistent towards you, no matter even if you reject Him, no matter even if you walk away from Him. He stays the same no matter what the circumstances of our life actually looks like. You see, every season contains certain boundaries. Some of us try and overreach in certain seasons. I remember when I was an intern starting out 20 years ago and I'd preach a few sermons and it was back in the day of the cassette tape. Can anyone just just, you know, come into agreement with the cassette tape ministry in Jesus' name. And so I got the cassette tapes out there and we had a conference at church and I asked the pastor, pastor, can we, you know, get those cassette tapes out there? And he just sort of smiled and looked at me with loving eyes and said no. And, 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 and he said, son, it's great that you've been preaching a few sermons, but this isn't your season for that. Your season's to do this, your season's to do that. There will come a time, and he was prophesying, praise God for people who believe in you, not just for now, but for your future. I'm doing what I'm doing now because somebody believed in me enough to say yes, but no in that area. Yes, but it's coming in that area in the future. And he was speaking of the day when books and all sorts of things, uh, uh, you know, being asked to speak in front of millions of people in Indonesia and television stations, all sorts of things. He, he, he caught a glimpse of the future, but he understood wisdom understands the season that you're in. Every season contains boundaries. That's why we need to know, God, what season am I in? Do you have a word for the season that you're in right now in your life? For these guys, it's preparation, preparation, preparation. Not just in the supernatural, but in the natural. For your life right now, it may be, just be still and know that I am God. I remember, I got that prophecy, and whenever I'd get a word, I'd get the same word. Be still and know that I am God. Like for a decade, be still and know. that. And like the next person who prophesies, be still and know that I'm God, they're gonna be still for a really long time, all right? Because I'm gonna make sure of it. And the Lord was like, well, maybe I'm trying to get a message through to you because you keep running. And, 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 and oh, it wasn't until I learnt to obey the current word that I got a new word. We want a new word from God, but have we obeyed the last word? Because until you obey the last word, guess what? You're just gonna keep going around the mountain. Season after season after season. I don't know about you, but I get sick of going around the mountain. 
I want to go somewhere. There's a promised land for you. There's a Canaan for you. God has an intention for fruitfulness and harvest for your life. But if you're going to walk in it, it's going to require you to go through the seasons of honouring the Word, obeying the Word, living in the Word. That's what this passage is all about. The key question that you need to ask yourself is, am I as animated in winter seasons as I am in summer seasons? Because anybody can praise God when the bank account is full, when your body is healthy and your marriage is awesome. It's like, oh, we just praise you, God. We just come into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. But when your bank account's empty and your marriage isn't going so well and you feel a little bit down on yourself physically, all of a sudden it's like enter into his gates with, you know, mourning and grieving and long suffering and enter his courts with, you know, a bad attitude. And it's right then that it's a sacrifice of praise. God's looking for people that will praise Him no matter what season. And when He finds someone that will praise Him in the midst of the contradictions and winter seasons and paradoxes, He says, I can trust you with the blessing because you've been faithful in the struggle and in the battle. It's the fight in the struggle in the winter seasons of life that conditions you and approves you and gets you ready for, to carry and steward the blessing in the breakthrough seasons of life. If you can't be trusted with the suffering, how can you be trusted with the blessing? God doesn't send suffering into your life. In this world, you will have tribulation. Tribulation and suffering is a byproduct of breathing. You be alive, you breathe, you're gonna suffer and have tribulation. That's just life. The fallenness of creation has affected everything. But you know, in the midst of that, Jesus says, take heart, be of good courage. Strengthen your resolve and your spirit. Why? Jesus has overcome the world. He's not promising that you'll live without tribulation and suffering. He's saying in the midst of it, you can find a place, a sanctuary of peace, a place of praise, a place of faithfulness and consistency. Why? Because we have hope in our God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Let me tell you something, when you anchor yourself to the rock of Jesus Christ, when the wind and the waves and the storm comes, there will be a strength about your life that will be a testimony to others of who Jesus is and what He's done in your life. And, and, and lest you say, what problems have you been through in your life? You're a young little whippersnapper from Melbourne, Australia. What issues have you ever faced in your life? Look, we, could, we could sit here, we all could sit around a cafe table and share our stories of pain. And yet in the midst of that, we're still here, why? Because He's faithful. And the same God that was faithful to you in that valley, in that valley, in that winter season is the same God that will be faithful on the mountaintop, in the summer seasons, in the breakthrough moments of your life. You've got to come into a revelation and a witness of who our God is. He is exceedingly good. So if He's exceedingly good, don't tolerate an inferior theology of who God is. Stop accepting the lies of the enemy that wants to cast doubt on the call of God upon your life. 
It's not just the pastors that are called. It's not just the church that benefits from the fruitfulness, the building. It's you. It's your life. Every single person in this room is called, anointed, 1 John 2.20. You've been anointed by the Holy One. You've been taught by the, by the person and power of the Holy Spirit. You, you're carrying a grace, a gift, a purpose and a call. Don't let the devil, don't let the liar, the accuser of the brethren, the condemner, the one who tries to steal, kill and destroy your life, steal your healthy view of who God is based upon your contradictions and paradoxes. Now, when I face a contradiction, I just get excited and expectant. Why? Because God is about to prove Himself once again. He's about to bring about a miraculous breakthrough in my family, in my finance, in my life once again, where I say, you've done it again. Jesus, you're still faithful. You're still that Saviour that although the enemy tried to destroy three days later, you rose up again conquering sin, Satan, and death. By the way, I'm still in my introduction, but that's okay. I, gave, I just gave up all the notes a long time ago. How many of you know, sometimes you just gotta speak out of your spirit. Because I, this is, I, I sense even this service is different to the other services. God's doing something here. He's wanting to lift people's vision. He's wanting to lift your heart. He's wanting to lift your spirit. There is more for you, Elam Church. Something just got on me. There is more for you. There's more for this house. There's more for your life. And the spirit of faith is in this room. I'm telling you, you need to come back tonight. Because when you start to get into the flow of God doing something, it builds, it compounds. And my church, at our church back in Melbourne, we had uh, three nights of revival. It's like, you know, uh, it's like, just come on these three nights, you'll get revival. After that, no more revival. No, no, no. By the third night, we're like, can, let's go to the fourth night. By the fourth night, you're like, you know, let, can, can we just do this 365 days a year? Why? Because when you step into a move of God, it compounds with interest. And when you start to get a revelation that God has chosen you and appointed you for fruitfulness, no matter what season you're in, there's this building, compounding of expectancy in your spirit that starts to release the gift of faith to believe. If God did it for them, He can do it for me. If God did it for that person and that person, He's no respecter of persons. He's looking for faith. He is a respecter of principles, the principle of faith. So one of the things you need to understand about fruitfulness is that God rewards all fruitfulness with pruning. So I'm just here to encourage you today. If you're being fruitful, get ready for pruning. And you say, well, that's not good news. No, it's very good news because pruning means more fruitfulness. Jesus said, every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts, he takes away. But every branch that does produce fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Here's the lesson. Whether you produce fruit or not, you're gonna get cut. So if you're gonna get cut, you may as well get cut for producing fruit. I don't wanna get cut because I'm not producing any fruit. If you're gonna cut me and cutting hurts, how many of us know when God cuts attitudes, issues, mindsets, offences, negative relationships, it hurts. Many of us are still holding on to things God wants us to let go of. And we say, I can't let go of that. 
That's my place of safety and comfort. I can't let go of that. And God's like, no, you don't understand. I've got something better for you. I've got something on the other side. Let go and watch me fill your cup up with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. But until you let go, you're not gonna be able to receive what I've got for you. So pruning is an interesting thing. I, I lack revelation on it, so I consulted Google, the fountain of revelation, and Google says this about pruning. Pruning is the selective removal of parts of a plant not needed. In other words, if you needed that attitude, mindset, belief system, you'd still have it. But, but if it's gonna be a weight, a sin, or something that slows you down, God says, lay it aside. You don't need that attitude. You don't need that issue. You don't need that mindset to go where God's taking you. So allow God to cut it off you. It's the pruning of plants or cutting of plants, not needed. It involves the cutting of branches shorter or off altogether. And the reason for it is it removes dead wood and prepares the plant for a harvest of both quality and quantity of fruit. Pruning prevents breakage under the external elements and will ultimately determine the productivity and longevity of the fruit. When I was going through a pruning season in my life, I thought it was God punishing me. God doesn't punish people. Perfect love casts out all fear. Now, sometimes our sin has consequences. That isn't God punishing. That's just the consequences of our sinfulness, okay? But, but what God does do is He prunes us, cuts things off, cuts things back, to bring us into greater fruitfulness. And in a season of pruning, I thought I was going backwards. Have you ever felt like you're going backwards and not forwards? You're like, I wanna go here, but I'm back here. What's going on? I said, God, why are you punishing me? I started to repent of sin I hadn't even committed yet uh, or, or make up sins that I could repent of because I think I'm in the wrong. And he's like, I'm not punishing you. I'm preparing you for productivity. Yeah. And the picture he gave me was an archer with a bow and an arrow and he said, son, I am the archer. You are the arrow. The bow is my word. And he goes, where you feel like you're going backwards, what I'm doing is stretching your capacity to propel you forward into what I have for you in your coming days. But before you can go forward, some things have got to be cut off of your life. Your cutbacks in God are not setbacks. He is setting you up for a comeback into the purpose and fullness of His plan, His destiny that He has for you. Sit in the chair, hop on the surgery table and let Him do the work in your heart that He wants to do. It's like you visit the dentist, you don't have to do anything but sit there and open your mouth and hope they don't hit the nerve, all right? That you just sit there and you go. And sometimes we wanna help the dentist out, the dentist of our soul. We wanna help God out. Well, God, if I just do this and do this and do that, I can help out this, move this thing right along. And he's like, no, don't touch it, just be obedient. Just be obedient. Just do what I ask you to do let me cut off of you what I need to cut off of you and watch what I bring into your life. That's why you gotta understand that friendship is the fountain of fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. I don't have time to unpack fully this text or this message, but Jesus said that 
Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in them will bear much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. The fruit you produce is determined by the source you're connected to. If you don't like the fruit you're producing, check the source. Check the information you're operating under. Our job is to stay connected in intimacy and friendship to the source of life, the source of fruitfulness, and God's job is to cut us, prune us, prepare us, and bring fruitfulness into our lives. You can't actually produce fruitfulness. He produces it because fruitfulness is a reward for remaining in friendship with Him. That's why if you don't have a revelation of friendship, you can serve and serve and serve. You can even be faithful and loyal in that servanthood, but never truly see the fruitfulness that He's wanting to bring. Why? Because fruitfulness in the kingdom is not primarily through servanthood, although that's important, it is through friendship. No longer do I call you servants. Servant doesn't know what the master's doing. I don't share secrets with servants. I share secrets with friends. All that I, my Father has revealed to me, I have given to you. Why? Because you're now my friends. If you wanna know the secrets to your fruitfulness, it comes through the pipeline of friendship. And as you walk in a daily lifestyle of intimacy and friendship with God, He reveals His secrets to you. Who would you rather share secrets with? Hirelings, employees, or friends? I don't know about you, but I only share intimate secrets with friends. My wife, my close family, my close friends, why? Because there's trust built. The more trust and history you build with God, the more secrets He downloads to your soul that lead to your fruitfulness, that lead to your blessing. And so no matter if I'm in a valley season or a mountaintop season, I can trust the friendship. I can trust His Word. Why? Because He is always faithful to His work, His Word in my life as I remain in Him. Today, you may be in a valley. That is not, do not put a full stop on the sentence where God has put a comma. The conversation is still continuing. The sentence isn't over. The dialogue with you and your heart and with planet Earth has not finished until Jesus returns and the end of this earth comes into reality. God is still at work, busily preparing you for a harvest of fruitfulness. What He needs is people to say, I'm at a comma, I'm at a, at a pause in the conversation, but it's not the final conclusion. There's more on the other side. I wanna invite you to stand to your feet. And with your eyes closed, if you say, I'm in a valley season, I wanna pray for you. Remember, fruit's not produced in the valleys. It's produced on the mountain, uh, sorry, fruit's not produced on the mountaintops, it's produced in the valleys. It's in the contradictions of life that I often see my greatest fruitfulness. My 59-year-old mother passed away two and a half years ago sent me into a valley season. Grief, exhaustion, fatigue, all sorts of unanswered questions. And yet in the midst of it, God met me there. He healed my heart and out of it came an explosion of fruitfulness all over the earth in my life and in my ministry. God has more for you on the other side of your valley. 
And I want to pray for you wherever you're at today. If you're in a valley and you say, I need prayer for where I'm at in this season of my life, then why don't you just quickly raise your hand and then put it back down as I pray. Father, I just thank you today for people who are acknowledging honestly before you that, Father, they're in a contradiction, they're in a paradox, but I thank you today, Lord, that your Word shall not return void. It will accomplish what you send it out to perform in our lives and in our hearts. Father, I thank you that you have chosen us, you have appointed us to greater fruitfulness in our lives. And I just pray today, let faith arise in our hearts to complement this Word. Father, that we would not become disillusioned, disheartened or discouraged in this season, but we would rise up. Oh God, just like the, the, the Lion of the tribe of Judah would rise up with victory in our mouth and with expectation and vision in our hearts and eyes. God, that we would see that our victory is near, that Your glory is growing and manifesting and increasing all around us despite what the current natural circumstances say. I pray right now, Lord, that fruitfulness would begin to break out all across our lives, all across this room, in every area that God, regardless of what we don't see, we will keep our faith and our focus fixed upon the author and perfecter, Jesus Christ Himself. With our eyes still closed and invite you, you can just lower your hands for one moment. But it would be remiss of us to talk about seasons and fruitfulness and the source of fruitfulness without giving every single person in this room an opportunity to plug in to the source of fruitfulness, to actually receive of the author and perfecter of where fruitfulness comes from. You see, if this is your first time in church today or maybe you've come several times but you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you need to understand something. The reason why your heart's curious, the reason why you feel like God is speaking to you today is because you've been designed for intimate relationship with God. And if there's been an emptiness and a void in your heart that you've been trying to fill with work, with money, with sex, with relationships, with all sorts of things, and you still feel empty and void in your heart, it's because none of those things will fill that void. Because you've been designed for intimate relationship with God. He's your creator, He's your sustainer, and He's your saviour. Our sinfulness, our self-centeredness and re rebellion has caused a division, a separation between us and God. And what we couldn't save in ourselves, in our own efforts, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, came and did everything that was necessary for us to come into a saving, life-giving relationship with God with our eyes still closed. Today in this place, the way that you ac access the free gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation, is by acknowledging your sinfulness, confessing that Jesus is Lord over your life, repenting of your sin, but coming into a place of faith where you believe that Jesus truly is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. And all across this room right now, we have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sin, to come and live in our hearts and for us to follow Him. And if that's you right now, maybe first time 
decision or as a recommitment, I want to invite you right now, just lift your hands all across this room and say, Jesus, I'm making a decision to follow you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If that's you today, thank you over here. Is there anyone else today say, I'm making, thank you up the back there. Is there anyone else over here on my left? Thank you, Lord. Anyone else today? And the reason why we're just pointing that out and acknowledging it is because we want to acknowledge this decision that you're making, the greatest decision of your life. Thank you so much. You can put your hand back down again if you've already raised it. Is there anyone else today say, yep, I wanna follow Jesus. I need forgiveness for my sin. Thank you. Up the back here. We see that and we acknowledge that today. Anyone else, we wanna just stand with you in prayer and believe for the miracle, thank you down here, for the miracle of salvation to come into your life right now. Is there anyone else before we pray? Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to pray along with me, particularly those who raise their hand, but all of us together, would you repeat this prayer out of your mouth and believe it in your heart as we pray. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. Say it again, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for the gift of salvation. I believe you're the Son of God. And I ask you to forgive me and to wash me clean of all my sin. Come and live in my heart by your Spirit. Empower me to follow you all the days of my life. And by faith, I receive the gift of salvation and eternal life. Amen. Let's give God a big hand of praise today as we worship and as we sing together. Amen.